0: Welcome to another episode of Strictly Business, Variety's podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders about the business of media and entertainment. I'm Todd Spangler with Variety. Today, our guest is Stephen Galanis, co-founder and CEO of Cameo, which has made a booming business of selling personalized video shoutouts from celebrities. The company is just shy of four years old. And last year, They pulled in gross revenue of $100 million, up four and a half times from the previous year. It's coming up today on Strictly Business. Stay tuned.
1: AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic.
2: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
3: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. Even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection
0: starts here. Welcome back to Strictly Business. Here's Cameo CEO Stephen Galenis. So Stephen, maybe you can start. uh, Just tell us in your own words, what, what is Cameo? What's the mission?
4: The mission of cameo is to create the most personalized and authentic fan connections on earth. Today we primarily do this by selling personalized video shoutouts from tens of thousands of different athletes,
0: actors or celebrities. And that's not the, that's not the end of the business model, right?
4: Uh, we hope it's just the beginning. We believe we're in the top of the second inning uh, with cameo and the larger vision of cameo is to build, the marketplace for people's time. For X amount of money, you as a fan should be able to pay to do Y activity with Z person that you love. And um, right now we're focused primarily on one Y activity, the personalized video shout out, the core cameo, uh, which you know I think we've become synonymous with. Uh, but again, this is just the first of many things that we hope to delight fans with.
0: Okay, uh, we'll get to more of that later, I think. But uh, so far to date, you've delivered how many cameos to date? It's a it's more than a million now.
4: I think we've done 1.6 million now since we started. Um, you know, last year we crossed the millionth mark uh, at the beginning of the summer, which was a really exciting milestone for the company. And uh, and we ended up doing 1.3 million just in 2020, wow. which was four times more than we'd ever done in a year. So most cameos that have ever been done have happened in the last 12 months. Um, and we're excited to just continue to accelerate and create more magical moments for fans around the
0: world. So what, what made you hit the hockey stick? Was it uh, the coronavirus pandemic really uh, gave you guys a lift, or what happened?
4: Well, Cameo was the fastest growing consumer marketplace on earth coming into 2020. So the business had been growing very rapidly, um but again you know i think very relevant to your listeners uh, I, I don't have to tell any of them that uh, all live sports all live entertainment all live music shut down for a big part of 2020 and um you know artists were suddenly finding themselves without any of their normal income streams they're missing the hell out of their fans and you know a cameo we provided uh, during a really tough time for them, an opportunity for talent to connect with the people that keep them going, their, their diehard fans and, yeah. uh, and, and make money at a time where nothing was coming in. And if you think about, you know, 2019 or, or prior to 2020, the number one and number two reasons that talent wouldn't join Cameo were, you know, I'm making too much money doing everything else that I do, or I don't have time. So in a year where people suddenly weren't making money and they had more time than ever – They gave us a shot and the thing that's been really awesome to see is, you know, everything's come back really at this point except for live music. You know, movies are filming again, television's filming again, sports, you know, the Super Bowl just happened. So everybody's back to work and the thing that was really cool to see is that they came on, they gave us a shot during a time where nothing else was going on, but now that life has returned to normal, cameos and interacting with their fans this way has become part of their... Their stack is creators. It's it's become just as important to them as their Instagram, their Twitter, their, their anything else.
0: Well, for for some of them, I mean, uh, I mean, it takes a special kind of or a special kind of interest in this, right? I mean, to open up to to individual fans like that. I mean, there are some people who are unwilling to do this. I'm assuming.
4: Uh, there's some people unwilling to be on Instagram and or Twitter, right? So okay. there are people that, that don't like interacting with their fans. Uh, we haven't found product market <laughs> good for those people. Uh, in general, one of the things that I've learned in the last four years is that talent, no matter if they're musicians or actors or athletes, are primarily driven by three main things. Uh, they want to make more money, they want uh, to become more famous and they want to become more beloved. So money, fame, love is a framework that we think about. And yeah, you're right. if you're uh, if you're somebody who doesn't need more fame or doesn't need more money or doesn't need more love, cameo is not a great place for you, and that's fine. Um, but fortunately, for us, most uh, people in the entertainment industry are looking to increase all three of those things. and you know the core value prop for cameo is that in cameo, Uh, We're paying the talent to become more famous and more beloved, and and we help them turn their casual fans into super fans by creating magical moments for them.
0: So what is the price range of an individual cameo, and who sets that pricing? Is that a negotiation with the talent?
4: The talent have always controlled their price. Uh, It was always important to us that nobody ever felt that this wasn't worth their time. So by definition, if they're setting their own price, like they're saying that this is worth my time. Uh, as we've matured as a business, we've been able to use our proprietary data to show, you know, talent at different price points. Here's how you're converting at fifty dollars versus seventy five versus ninety nine. Uh, here's how you're you're doing in comparison to other people who are similar, maybe uh, other characters on the same show, or you know, if you're the star quarterback in one city here's how the star quarterbacks in another city is doing so in many ways like our marketplace is starting to mature and it's it's almost becoming like a zillow right it's almost becoming a place where people are coming on and looking for relative value so they'll they'll, they'll look for a group of people and they'll find the one that they perceive has the best value as opposed to you're just going for one person
0: so like i'm worth more than lindsay lohan or something
4: <laughs> a really good example. I'm a I'm a diehard Chicago Bears fan, and two of my favorite all-time Bears players are Lance Briggs and Brian Urlacher. Uh, they were almost equal uh, players. They were both you know star star linebackers for the Bears. One wore number fifty-five. One wore, wore number fifty-four. Lance Briggs is fifty-five dollars. Brian Urlacher is five hundred forty dollars. You must really love Brian Urlacher to justify paying ten x uh, you know for his for yeah. his rate. Uh, but but that just gives you a sense of of how our consumers uh, shop and what the psychology is behind it.
0: Interesting. Okay. So this ranges from maybe five to 10 bucks for some people all the way up to a couple thousand or what is the range?
4: Exactly. Yeah. The At the low end, people are free. I mean, uh, there, there are some people on Cameo that are $0. Um, at the high end, uh, the most expensive uh, can be, you know, multiple thousands of dollars. Um, today, the average price of Cameo
0: is, is $70. So it's actually a lot more affordable than most people would expect. And that's, and that increased last year by about 25%, I think?
4: Yeah, and, and frankly, we've seen it increase, you know, year over year by a similar range since we started in uh, 2017, which was our first year in business. The average price was 20 bucks. It was 40 bucks in 18. It was 60 bucks in 19. And, you know, it, it increased to 70 bucks last year. Uh, part of it, again, is this was a completely new marketplace, so nobody knew what something like this should cost. When we launched, we were selling videos for one dollar, two dollars, three dollars, and at that price, people were saying this was the best dollar I've, I've ever spent. Or, this yeah, but- was the best two dollars I've ever spent. And then, as you know, Cameo has become um, you know more widely known, and you know more uh, talent are on it of a higher caliber, the, the price has naturally gone up because. Consumers understand what they're getting and have a good idea of what the value is, vis-a-vis some other things that they could get from talent. Okay.
0: So, how do you look at the competitive landscape here, Stephen? Um, I mean, there's nobody that quite does what you do, but I mean, are you competing with, you know, Twitter, Instagram? Are you competing with OnlyFans? I'm kind of joking about that, but how do you see um, other people responding to, you know, your audio marketplace?
4: One of the things that um, I've been thinking a lot about over the past four years is this widening gap that's happening in all forms of the entertainment world between fame and monetization. So today, there are more famous people on earth now than there ever have been because of social media, uh, because Netflix is putting $20 billion in content a year and, you know, If we had had this interview a week, uh, a year ago, none of us would have known who Carol Baskin is (laughs) or Joe Exotic. And now, you know, everyone on earth knows who they are,
0: right? Well, and Carol Baskin was like the sixth most popular talent on Cameo last year, right?
4: Right. So again, we have tens of thousands of talent and a year ago, nobody knew who she was. And today, you know, she's a top 10 person in the world on Cameo, right? So the whole point is that the amount of fame on earth is exponentially increasing, but the business model supporting fame is growing linearly. So what's happening is for the average talent, there's a widening gap between fame and monetization. And the, the underlying business models are only working for the top like, you know, .001%, you know, the true A plus listers. So if you look at YouTube, the top 3% of creators make 97% of all the ad revenue. There's people with tens of millions of followers who, you know, your kids love or your nephews love that, uh, that you know, you've never heard of, but like they make no money on YouTube, essentially. They have to monetize other ways. Right. Um, if you're talking about sports, the top 2% of athletes make 99% of all the endorsement revenue. And there was a documentary ESPN did a couple of years called Broke that said 80% of NFL players go broke five years after playing their last game. For Spotify, the top... One percent of artists make ninety percent of all the uh, streaming revenue. So artists are having to sell merch. They're having to do meet and greets when they're touring. They're having to go on tour. Um, and you know, in in the Screen Actors Guild, uh, in the best of times, one of the oldest memes of Hollywood is the out of work actress or actor who's bartending or waiting tables between getting casted in something, but those people can now go on YouTube, they can go on TikTok and you know those that have great talent can actually go and, and find ways to blow up without being cast in anything. So when you're looking at this, there's now 50 million people on earth who consider themselves creators. And the pipeline's big. One third of American teens hope to be an influencer when they grow up. So there's continued stress on this. And when you look at the legacy business models and music and entertainment, uh, the The solution here is not coming from the record labels. It's not coming from the movie studios. Everybody's under siege. You think about sports, uh, you know, ESPN struggling because people are cutting cable. And when you when you think about all these things, the only solution to fixing this long term, a world where there's more famous people, people are more famous than they are rich is by going direct to fan for monetization. So I think Cameo is the leader in direct-to-fan monetization. Uh, this space is white hot. It's a huge space. There will be many big companies, uh, Cameo included, that are built out of this. Um, and you know, you you talked about business like OnlyFans. That's helping go direct to fan monetization for the adult sector. Uh, there's businesses like Patreon who are doing uh, direct to fan monetization uh, for artists and podcasters. Uh, Substack is doing this for journalists, right? Yeah. So there's a, a variety of companies in this space and it's extremely interesting. And, and we've never looked at Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat or or clubhouse or anything is competitive mm-hmm. because ultimately talent get famous on those platforms and it's on cameo that they come to get paid to become more famous and more beloved. So in many ways, the other platforms are the farm system for cameo. And, you know, we, you know, we benefit from a system where more people, more famous people are being created every day.
0: So what share, what is the revenue share that you provide with the talent? Does it depend? Is it a range?
4: Every single talent is on the exact same financial split. Uh, it's a 75-25 split talents way. Um, every person is on the same deal. We've never deviated for anybody. Um, we've never given a minimum guarantee. We've never paid anyone to come on Cameo. And we've never given equity for anyone to join the platform. So everyone's on the same deal. And we think that's, uh, that was a huge part of building a fair, ubiquitous platform.
0: Uh, so let's talk about um, who are the successful people on Cameo, really making making a, a mid here, you know. And, and I've got the top ten list of top performing talent of 2020. It's uh, number one, Brian Brian Baumgartner, uh, sorry Brian Baumgartner, who uh, was Kevin from The Office, right? Yep. Uh, then you have uh, Brett Favre, uh, Snoop Dogg, Gilbert Gottfried, Chris Harrison of The Bachelor um and the aforementioned carol baskin from tiger king uh what's common um among the people who perform really well besides you know they're hard working and put in put in the uh the elbow grease here the the thing that characterizes
4: talent who are really successful on cameo i think is a couple things number one they have to have a big authentic personality so If you're looking at someone like, uh, you know, Big Ed from 90 Day Fiance, who is one of the top 10 uh, cameo uh, talent this year, or um, someone like Gilbert Godfrey or Snoop Dogg, like these are big personalities who, um, you know, tend to be really funny. We find that people that are funny uh, tend to be the best people who are great at ad living. Um, And the thing that's interesting, if you look at our top 10, most, you know, booked people on cameo. It is not a representation of the top 10 most famous people on Cameo. So it's interesting, just like Snapchat, you know, made DJ Khaled kind of this huge star. But, you know, he's not the biggest person in the world on Instagram or on Instagram. You know, Kylie Jenner and and Kim Kardashian are like the biggest people on earth, but they're not the biggest people on Twitter. That was Ashton Kutcher and Shaq back in the day. Every platform has... Their stars that are become emergent breakout stars. They're all famous, but it takes something special, uh, you know, for them. And, and, and for us, it's people who are authentic, people who really love their fans, people who make pretty funny videos. Uh, that, that's, that tends to be what we found, uh, makes people most successful on Cameo.
0: Okay. So you probably have some whales that you'd like to get here, right? Like, I mean, Taylor Swift, uh, uh, I don't know, um, frank ocean people like that right
4: there are five million people on earth we think can be on this and we have tens of thousands so okay uh, you know we, we could spend like the entire uh, podcast talking about all the people we would want to get on cameo and it's really not even that we want them we want to make our fans happy so we know every day who people are searching for and our team you know has been working hard over the last four years to take a look at the aggregate search results and get people on that, um, that the fans are demanding. And and that's, that's, that's why we exist, uh, to, to do, you know, to get these people on the platform so we can make people smile, laugh, and cry.
0: We need to take a quick break, but we'll have more with Steven right after this.
2: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring.
3: Tidy up those flower beds and keep your walkways looking sharp with RYOBI's 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Yard work. Done and done. Click into Memorial Day Savings, happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. Shop now at The Home Depot or homedepot.com. How doers get more done.
0: We're back with Cameo CEO, Steven Gillespie. Let's back up a second. Let, uh, go back, if, if you will, Steven, and, and give us kind of the short version of the origin story. How did this start?
4: So um, my co-founder, Martin, uh, is someone I'd known for a while, we were producing movies and television shows together. And, uh, and then I went to go work at LinkedIn. Um, he went to go and be an NFL agent. We didn't see each other for a couple of years. He then flew into Chicago for my grandmother's funeral. And as I was driving him back to the airport, he was telling me about a problem he was having as an NFL agent who was repping one person who wasn't a superstar. Uh, The player's name was Cassius Marsh of the Seattle Seahawks. Martin had high conviction because the guy had a big personality that maybe this guy could become the next rock. You know, let's get him in television shows. Let's get him in movies. Let's get him endorsement deals. And I'd never heard of him. And I asked Martin, like, show me who he is. And he pulled out his phone and he played a video that today we call the first cameo. And in the video, uh, Martin had Cassius Marsh congratulate his good buddy, Brandon, who at the time was working at Nike with a lot of big famous athletes, but loves the Seattle Seahawks. And he congratulated Brandon on becoming a father. So he hits play, Cassius is not wearing a shirt. He's in Southern California, he's all tatted up. He's got a flat uh, brimmed hat on and he's making the video while driving. And he goes, you know, he goes, "Uh, hey Brandon, it's Cassius Marsh from the Seahawks. Uh, Heard about your son Maverick, congratulations. If he gets your athletic ability, he'll be playing for the Seahawks one day, go Hawks. It was like a five, you know, five, six second video but it was so striking. And immediately as he showed it to me, the light bulb moment, you know, hit. And and I was like, Martin, we we need to sell that. Like, I feel like people would want that. So immediately we had pretty high conviction that people would want this if talent were willing to do them at scale. And that was the big question. And as we started to talk to, you know, pro athletes we knew or actors we knew, we kept hearing that like, oh yeah, I did one of these for my agents, you know, sons bar mitzvah, right. Or, uh, you know, I did one of these for to pump up my, the, the football team at my old high school. So we heard people who were kind of in the inner circle and we really felt like if we created a marketplace that was lifting the red velvet rope and, and bringing people in uh, town would be able to engage with way more of their fans than they do today. Because, you know, in, in many worlds, like in, in this world of social, uh, everyone wants to engage with their fans more, but, you know, it can be really dangerous letting you know people in too closely. So this gave talent the opportunity to come and, you know, and delight their fans on their own schedule. And for the fan side, I mean, you've seen many famous people I'm sure with your job and how often are you in a restaurant and you see someone you really admire and you're like nervous to go up to them. Right. And, and if you do, they might be mean to you. So like, this actually, or, or when you do talk to them, a lot of times people get starstruck, they fumble their words. So this actually on the fan side is, is a more safe and enjoyable uh, way to interact with the talent because that nervous factors out as well. So we just found it worked really well on both sides.
0: That's an interesting uh, psychological sort of human nature point. Um, I have to ask you this. Variety well, recently had a story, Lindsay Lohan asked, uh, a fan who had ordered a a video from her to take it down um, from uh, social media. How often does that happen? And, and um, you know, is this just a, um, you know, an attribute of, um, you know, people getting used to this whole concept
2: or.
4: I mean, again, we've done 1.6 million uh, cameos since we started. Uh, I don't, I don't even think I could count on one hand the amount of times that we've you know, we've seen that. Uh, typically, it's not because the video is inappropriate. Like in this case, it wasn't. Um, I, I believe in this case, uh, Lindsay was giving this this girl motivation to come out to her parents. Um, right. And you know, then she made a TikTok compilation of it, and you know, and it, it went viral. It was a great moment, and I'm sure in Lindsay's mind, this was something that was probably like best for the person that it was intended to and, and and people in the immediate factor, but you know, it went on TikTok, it went hyper viral, which like 99% of the time, like the talent love when the videos go viral um, and, and the fans love it too. So this was just a case where I think she felt this was like a very personal moment and um, and it went out, but this has not
0: been a problem at any type of scale for us. Okay. Um, now you, you mentioned uh, or you alluded to some newer products that are coming out. Um, you've got something called Cameo Direct, lets you chat directly with um, your favorite celebrity, um, and you've got Cameo Live, uh, which is like a 15-minute uh, Zoom call. What, uh, what's been the traction there, and, and what do you need um, to do on that front to, to get that in, into you know, the, the mainstream product pipeline?
4: Yeah, so both of these were new products that we launched last year. Um, you know, messaging is something that we think is really important to the future of Cameo. When you look at other social networks, whether it's Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn, where I used to work, um, you know, inmail was such a big part of LinkedIn. So in many ways, uh, Cameo Direct is kind of like inmail for celebrities. You can shoot a, a direct message to them, and on Instagram or Twitter. Um, you know, I'm sure you get a lot of DMs yourself. And if you don't follow the person, it goes into a different box. And a lot of times you don't even see those DMs. The cool thing about Cameo DM is that, you know, you can pay and get into their inbox and they actually see it. So in many ways, this is taking a concept that we learned that payment is a necessary friction, which enables fulfillment. And we've just taken it to the next level in the DM uh, experience. Um, On Cameo Live, this was You know, as I mentioned at the beginning, we're building the marketplace where for X amount of money, you can do Y activity with Z person. This was the second Y activity that we thought was interesting. People have always asked me, Stephen, one day will I be able to meet the stars in real life? Like, would you ever do, you know, real life bookings? It's something we've thought about from the beginning, but it's logistically difficult. Because of COVID, everybody started using Zoom. I think Zoom's daily active users went from like 10 million uh, to 330 million basically <laughs> overnight. And, you know, I know if I had told my mom, you know, to get on a Zoom call uh 12 months ago, she wouldn't have known what I was talking about. But now today it's become so easy. But and it's the same for talent too, right? Like a lot of talent had never been on Zoom. Uh they started doing it and they found that this was a great way to interact with their fans. It allowed us to test out synchronous video chat for the first time. And uh and we took a lot of learnings there and you know, now we're Uh, started to think about different formats for Synchronous. So that was a big experiment. Uh, People enjoyed it a lot. And at this point, uh, we're taking the learnings that we made from doing it in a low-code way over Zoom, and we're actually building it into the core product. So, you know, Mm. I would would really watch our Cameo Calls product, uh, which will be coming out later this year.
0: Yeah. And as opposed to in-person meet and greets, uh, it's a lot more scalable, right? And it's, um, you know, more cost-efficient.
4: Yeah, I'll tell you a story. Um, one of my early mentors is a guy named Matt Maloney, who is the CEO of Grubhub. And one thing Matt told me in the early days of Cameo was, Stephen, I built the largest marketplace business that's ever come out of Chicago, my hometown, his hometown. Uh, and you, you've built a business that has the opportunity to be way bigger than the one that I built, because you're selling bits, I'm selling atoms. Now, what does that mean? Nobody in Chicago cares about how many restaurants are on Grubhub in LA, because you need to build localized supply and match with localized demand. But on Cameo, uh, a talent could be in Mumbai and make a a video for someone in Miami. And because we've removed location as a barrier, the amount of connections that we're able to facilitate every day has gone up drastically. Um, So that's why I think like, well, in-person meetups would be really cool, the anything a synchronous video is way more scalable because you don't actually have to think about the logistics of where people are.
0: Yeah, or as you mentioned before, security issues, um, uh, things like that. Um, one other new um, area of business uh, that you recently did, um, you did your first partnership with a movie studio. You, you worked with MGM's American International Pictures in uh, a collaboration uh, for breaking news in Yuba County um, and so what how did this come together and so uh, essentially correct me if I'm wrong here but Allison Janney and uh, Bridget Everett are um, giving special Valentine's Day messages for 10 bucks each and the proceeds are benefiting the Trevor Project and COVID-19 relief. Um, How did this come about and and where do you see this type of thing going?
4: Yeah, so number one, we're really excited about it. Uh, For the last three years, we've had numerous studios come to us to talk about, uh, hey, here's a way that we think we can work with Cameo to, you know, build FOMO and excitement around a launch. Um, You know, for a long time, we found ourselves getting in these conversations and then nothing would end up happening. But... Um, I think that from the studio's perspective, movie theaters are still closed. Uh, you're, you're you're having a lot of these films uh, released direct uh, to consumer now. And everybody's looking for ways to, to um, you know, to stand out from the crowd. And uh, the advertising budgets of, of all the main studios have been cut in a big way. I mean, you know, at the Super Bowl, one thing that stood out, I don't think I saw a single uh, preview for a movie that was coming out, which like, that's probably a third of the commercial side of normal Super Bowl. Yeah, there were
0: there were a couple, but yeah, not a lot. But,
4: but I'm saying like pales in comparison to what you know we normally would see. So from from that side, um, this was a, a thing that uh, materialized uh, through hard work on MGM side and on our partnership side. We're really excited to, to test this. And uh, so far, the the results have been really exciting on both sides. Um, and, you know, hopefully this is something we do more uh, over and over again. I think it's I think in two years or a year from now, every single movie, every show coming out will have a cameo strategy. This is, you know, in many ways, we're piloting it out and we're grateful that uh, MGM gave us the opportunity to, to help be part of such an exciting new project.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Okay, uh, just a couple other things uh, while we while we have time. You brought on a whole bunch of new senior executives um, in the last couple months. Um, Rob Post, who was previously at Quibi, um, he was CTO there. He's now your CTO. Um, you have a CFO, Deb Schwartz, who was with Bustle previously. Um, Mel Steinbach, who was uh, previously at McDonald's. She's uh, your chief people officer and your CEO Brian Frank, um, who you do, I think, from LinkedIn. What, um, I mean, this is this is the next stage of the company then, building out that, that C-suite for you.
4: Absolutely. Um, look, our, our goal is to become one of the most important companies in entertainment. We think that we're building something Uh, great that will be an enduring, lasting, publicly traded company. And, you know, the next phase for Cameo was finding people who have been there, done that. Um, We're all first time founders and uh, most of the founding executive team. Every single day we hired more people that everyone was in the biggest job they've ever had. Um, we've, you know, in Dev, we found a CFO that can take us public. It, in Mel, we have um, a chief people officer who's operated at one of the largest employers in the world. In um, our COO, Brian Frank, we've found someone that joined LinkedIn as the second person in revenue when they're doing 70 million in, in business and was there until they were doing 6 billion and sold to Microsoft. And in Rob Post, we think we have one of the best uh, you know, technologists in the world um, helping lead uh, our our efforts to just build an incredible platform. So we love the new leaders that we've had. Uh, they've meshed seamlessly so far with the. Uh, existing people that have, you know, been the reason why we've gotten there and they've been additive to our culture. So we're excited on that. It's my job to make sure as CEO that I'm the worst person in the executive room. Uh, so I'm trying to, you know, surround myself with people that I can learn from and that know their subject area way better than I do. And that's really the the way that I as CEO can uh, continue to grow quicker than the pace of the business, which has been really
0: fast. Now, now are, is your company still working remotely given uh, pandemic conditions?
4: Not only are we working remotely today, but we will be working remotely forever. Uh, we actually made the decision this summer to become a fully distributed company. Historically, we were headquartered in Chicago with our We had people in London, we had people in Melbourne, Australia, we had people in Argentina. Uh, since mid-June, we've decided that we're going to get rid of all of our offices. We do not care where people live anymore, as long as they have internet access. And, um, and you know, this is an exciting new phase for us. Those executives that you just mentioned, they're not in LA and Chicago. Rob Post is in Tampa Bay. Deb Schwartz is in New York City. Uh, the uh, Brian Frank is in the Bay Area. So, you know, it's allowed us to hunt and find the best people no matter where they are. And in fact, today, 26 uh, our, 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 our employees live in 26 states. So this is a huge difference from before everyone was in Illinois and California.
0: Hmm. Uh, you mentioned an um, IPO, do you have a, a timeline on that?
4: Look, we, um, that's our goal, right? I think like as a, as a CEO, uh, it's my job at some point to exit the business uh, either through iPO or acquisition um, you know that's my number one fiduciary responsibility to my employees to the the talent on the platform to all the people who invested in us and had faith in us um, so you know for me that's been a dream a lifelong dream to run a publicly traded company uh, we'll do it when we're ready we're not going to do it before we're ready um, and and i think you um, you know, we have a very ambitious roadmap. We've got uh, a lot of things to accomplish before we're ready for it. Uh, And frankly, a lot of team building, right? The infrastructure and accounting and legal and finance, like there's just a lot of things that, a lot of muscle that needs to be built. And and frankly, a lot more hiring we need to do to be able to to function as a publicly traded company. Um, But look, we're well on our way. And if we continue to execute the way we have the past four years for the next four, I, I think that, um, you know, this would be a,
0: a company that uh, is beloved in the public markets. So I know you're you're privately held, but are you um, break even? Are you cash flow positive at this point? Are you close to that, or what?
4: It's not a goal for us to be cash flow positive or break even. Right now, we're you know seeing huge growth opportunities ahead of us, and so we're investing you know, very aggressively into growth. Last year, we grew four and a half X from the year before. Um, and, you know, we, we believe that there's great opportunities, not just in the U.S., but all around the world to continue to put the pedal to the metal and, and grow faster. So that's what we're focused on right now.
0: So what areas are you investing in? Are you, is it uh, product? Is it engineering? Is it uh, support, marketing, everything?
4: Yeah, four, I would say four main things. Number one, we're constantly... Uh, investing in our team that uh, acquires and then works with the talent on the platform. So talent acquisition is a really big part and we're scaling that team up, uh, especially with more vertical specialists now. So we're not just, but even a year ago, people were just hired, and they might one day talk to an athlete, the next day talk to an actor, the next day talk to a musician. We're starting to hire people that are experts in different fields that have really good networks, and and we're excited to build that team out. Um, you know, hiring all across the board we're we're doing right now. We're investing deeply in research and development. You know, with Rob Post. Um, you know, we think we can unlock some unbelievable engineers that have worked on video at scale and money, other platforms. Um, and then, you know, I would say the last thing is marketing is something we haven't really done at all. We've spent very little money on marketing. Um, but now we're, uh, we're really looking to start telling more people our story. Only 14% of the, uh, us population in our core demographic know who we are today. So thank you for helping tell our story. Um, but it's still early days for it.
0: On the um, on the talent manager side of things, are you uh, finding it? Uh, are you hiring people from traditional Hollywood agencies?
4: We've hired people from a variety of backgrounds, some from traditional Hollywood backgrounds, but many from B two B SaaS companies like in tech and- Frankly, we've also hired a lot of people that were doing other things, but are just really passionate about pop culture, celebrities, and had never worked with talent before, especially a lot of the people we hired in Chicago, which is where the majority of our um, employees are, you know, CA and WME and, you know, Sony and MGM, they don't have like big offices there. It's super rare if you're working with talent in a city like Chicago, but there's a lot of demand to do it. And we found just hiring smart people that are really passionate about what they're doing. Um, it didn't matter so much the experience, especially in the early
0: days. Okay. Uh, well, Stephen, we're almost out of time. My last question for you is, uh, what cameos have you personally ordered and what have been some of your favorite uh, favorite ones?
4: Oh, uh, I've ordered hundreds uh, over the last few years, but the best one I did recently uh, was a cameo I got for my mom for her birthday from Kenny G, oh, was her wow. all time favorite uh, musician. He played a song for her. He talked about how you know special of a woman she must have been to to you know, to, to create a son that created cameo that's helped people become um, you know so much closer to the the people that they love the most. Uh, so that was special, and my mom posted it on Facebook. It got 692 likes, which I think is the most like she's
0: ever got. So she was pretty good <laughs> that, is, that is awesome. Uh, Steven Galanis, thank you so much. Great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Strictly Business. And feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you.